0: Okay, uh,
1: we we are in Vision Builder season, and we are going to take huge ground um, as a church. We always do, but this is probably the most critical hour, the hour we're in right now. The hour you need to prosper, you need to win, you need to give your heart, your money, your time, your resources to finance the kingdom of God. It's never been more imperative, never been more critical. It's also, uh, we just came off of Pentecost Sunday. If you don't know what Pentecost is, it's when Jesus rose from the dead. He said, uh, wait in Jerusalem, and you will receive power. power." In other words, I got work for you to do, but don't try to get it done without my power. And so if we're going to take cities and take strategic cities like San Diego and take California and take strategic nations, um, we need power. And so I wanted to kind of blend the two, vision builders kind of month with Pentecost, and the title of this message is Power Surge. Power Surge, and I I want to ask a couple questions. First, I'm going to share a quick scripture. This is uh, the promise out of Acts 1-8. Are you ready? Are you sure? This could be a bit of a disrupting service for you. You see, Paul said we don't come with persuasive words. This gospel isn't a gospel of human persuasion. It's a gospel of power. Okay, so this is the promise. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I want to know the first question I want to ask us is, is Power for what? What's power for? So that I can like speak in tongues? Speaking in tongues is the evidence of power. It's the sign that I've received a deposit of something I'm going to need when, when I step into what I'm created to do. If I'm created to build businesses, I need power. You tracking with me? If I'm created to disrupt education, I need power. If I'm looking at the political landscape and I feel called like Marco Contreras, who won his primary, by the way. Who won his primary, by the way. Oh, yeah. If I feel called, he, he felt the Holy Spirit speak to him. And say, I know you could be a pastor. I know you could be a businessman. In fact, you'll do all those things. But in addition, I need you to take your place in the city gates and run for city council. But you can't do those things in a corrupt, dark, broken world without power. power. So we're going to talk about what power is for. Power isn't a feeling. It's not just for the altars. The the power at these altars is to get on you so that you can go accomplish what you're created to do, okay? Yes, yes. The altars are not just to receive forgiveness because you've been a bad boy again. You made another mistake and you wander back to the altar and feel horrible for your life and get to heaven. We approach the altars to find grace and power for our season and time of need. So the assignment on our world in a dark world, in a a world where it's corrupt and broken and damaged, we, and if you actually look at the early disciples, they first received power, then they went out into the world, and they're like, let's go, man. And they realized it was dark and they got persecuted and people hated them and they crawled back into their little prayer room and they said, we need more power. And listen, when you and I engage culture appropriately, you will crave power because you will realize it's dark out there. And you and I are created to be the light of the world, a city on a hill. When salt loses its flavor, it's good for nothing. If you have no power in your life, you're good for nothing. So what is power for? It's to be his witness. You can't witness without power. You can't, you can't win in life without power. And if you're not winning, you don't have a witness. If your life sucks, you're turning people away from God. God wants to turn the lights on in you, turns the lights up in you, and cause you to be effectual in your assignment so that people will respect you. That's what it means to have influence. It means there's something you're doing that people are inspired by, and they want to get to know you. Listen, if if, if you're, this is just a little marketplace coaching, okay? If you're on the sales force at work, and there's 20 of you, and you're number 18, believe in God that you just keep your job, and in the meantime, you're passing out a little Christian track, saying, hey, heaven and hell's real, people are like, that's the weird one. <laughs> you're the weirdo that has actually turned people away because there's no fruit on your life that inspires them. Instead, you should be crying out to God to give you the ability to be effectual, to serve the organization you're in, so maybe you could start rising. Because the only person who might possibly be influenced by number 18 out of 20 is number 19 and number 20. <laughs> you tracking with me what if power is for you to win what if you started winning and therefore had the ability to witness what if somebody actually listened to you and they took you to coffee and say man why do you continue to produce like Jeff Q does that's how that's the kind of people that pursue him at his work they're like dude you're you're the champion what's what is it he doesn't give it away at first either you know He makes makes you take him to two or three lunches before he's gonna give you the real stuff. I'm just kidding. But what happens is after you get to know a Jeff Q and you realize he's a champion, you realize at the root of it are the core values of prayer. Guy never misses prayer, but he also never shows up late for work. Wow, hello, hello. I gotta stay out of this. Power is to witness. So, uh, aye, aye, aye. <laughs> okay, so can I tell you real quick how it all got started for Melissa and I? And uh, we, um, I just today, the thing I was wrestling with yesterday at prayer was trying to deal with our, our son Josiah, who's 15 and feels called to serve God and be a witness for God in the sports arena. And I want you to know about Pathfinders, we're not just all about business. Find your inner business. That's not what we're called to do. It's find what God put you on the planet to do and then just get good at it. (laughs) Quit sucking, be amazing, but do what God wired you to do so we actually love people in politics, we love people in arts and entertainment, which includes sports, we love the media, I know the media is broken, but we actually believe that we need media personalities that will call good good and evil evil, you tracking with me. We love disruptors, we got Dr. Lisa Gun- Dunn, who just graduated, she's a monster. We call her Dr. Disruption. Because she sees the Institute of Public Education as one of the most broken and damaging things for our country, for our children. And she feels that, and guess what? She realized how dark and insidious and deep-rooted public education is? That she is discovering she needs, guess what? Yeah, not intellect. She's as smart as they come. Head-to-head, intellectually, she, she'll take you down but you're not just dealing with intellect you're dealing with spiritual forces of wickedness now the problem is is we think we can step into intellectual arenas with just power that power needs to live in tension with intellect you're tracking with me But intellectualism, apart from power, is ineffectual in a world that's dark and demonic. The power, what's it for then? To be your witness. In where? Is this okay? In Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That means you start where you are. And as God grows your influence, grows your power, you you have more influence. Start where you are. Now, develop your competence, your skill set, and develop your power quotient. Tracking with me? Yeah, Yeah. don't just be powerful and weird. That's not what God wanted. He says prayer should be powerful and effectual, not weird. You shouldn't leave an encounter with you going, I felt something, but I'm more weirded out than inspired. You can read somebody's mail without freaking them out. I think what I loved about the two guys that were praying for me is they didn't freak me out. They didn't weird me out. But they read my mail. Tracking. You tracking with me? Let's not be a church that's weird or odd. Let's be a church that packs power. Is that okay? Is that the kind of church you want, Pastor Becky? Okay, thank you.
0: Hi, hi, ay, ay, ay,
1: so uh, I was wrestling with our son who's trying out for a, another soccer team. And the problem is, as a parent, you get very emotionally connected to your children. And you want so bad for them to be successful. But when you're raising kids, you've got to know they're going to fall down. They're going to fail. They're going to struggle. And so he's been to three different MLS academies throughout the country. And not one of them has asked him to join. And I'm watching, and I'm like, I don't know what it is that they don't see. That's how it is when you're parenting, though. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so it starts to get heavy, and you start to feel a little desperate. you tracking with me. Have you ever felt like you needed to step in and make something happen? And that's where I was on Tuesday. And, um, and thank God for Sam and, and Mark, because I came out of there like, I'm done. I'm backing away again. I'm going to just seek God, and I'm going to do the things that are in my hand. Sure enough, the next day we get a call. And this academy in Arizona, the Barcelona Academy, wanted him, so I flew him out this morning, and then I'm leaving right after service tonight to go be a good dad. And uh, but here's to hear me. So every single before every training, we go together and we'll take communion. Every time, every time, and because what we're realizing is, this is his assignment. This is his calling. You got to find your calling. But you can be 15 years old and know your calling. Come on, David. Come on, King David. Discovered that he had a cause and a purpose at a young age. It's your responsibility to discover your calling. And then you need to turn on the skill set and the discipline to develop it. But you also need to turn on the power. And so we're realizing he needs more. to perform at these high levels, and so we've been taking communion, and this is where I really felt like the shift happened for me, because I've always looked at communion through the lens of what God has done for me, and he has. He's done so much. I mean, he paid for you and I with his own blood, but we're after power, right? Power is always for the purpose of God, not just for your personal benefit. And so I think where things have shifted for us is where we've moved from me trying to access all God purchased for me on the cross, and the price was amazing, and the benefits are extraordinary, and the power is unreasonably effectual. But if the power is just for you and your passion, you're probably going to miss out on the full throttle potency of God. But if you can bring your passion, your gifting, your calling, your assignment up under what he created you to do in the planet, that is where power is turned on. And listen, listen, listen. If I'm an engineer and I build something, first of all, I want it to work, right? You've been engineered by God to work. But if I think that G so so here's can I just take you into my devotional world right now? Is this okay? <sighs> I guess I think where I've been struggling as a Christian, maybe my whole Christian life, is trying to feel like I deserved everything that Jesus did for me. And so uh, I, if I'm having a good day or I'm, you know, winning or I've got up for prayer or I did everything the way you're supposed to do, then sometimes I'll feel like maybe I have access to the promises of God. And, and, and I know we all kind of sometimes can get into a place where we're— um, feeling unworthy, okay, or, and we know we're forgiven, and we know God loves us, but we're having a hard time accessing the promises, accessing the power, accessing the things that he bought for us, and so we know he did it, and yet we're still wrestling with, with do I deserve it? Now, I don't deserve it, but he did it for me, but it's still self-oriented. Are you tracking with me? Well, where I, I feel like, just in this last couple of weeks, I feel like, what if it's not for me? What if it's for Jesus, and he deserves it, and therefore my life serves and surrenders to him, and therefore all the power that I need to get my assignment done isn't because I deserve it, isn't because I qualified, it's because he deserves it, and I've surrendered my life to his cause and his purpose, whether it's playing soccer or, or whether it's being an artist or whether it's doing whatever it is I've been created to do, it's not about me. And so I, wanna, I got a couple tips on how to turn the power on. Can I give that to us? Holy cow. First of all, the power is to be his witness, okay? Um, and the third point, I'm not even going to share the second point. The third point is more power, please. Because I'm realizing that to fulfill the assignment on my life, whatever it is, For you to fulfill the assignment on your life, you need more power. How do you get it? Well, I want to identify a couple things that have shut power down in my life. Things that have turned it off. All the promises are there, but somehow I've shut down the ability to accomplish what it is I'm assigned to do. And I think sometimes turning the power on is identifying the things that have shut it down. Anybody with me? could anybody use a little bit more power (laughs) okay so the first thing I've discovered that shuts the power down is self-orientation when the promises of God are for you and they're all about you that's that'll begin to shut power down the second is um, pride I found pride shuts power down uh, God gives grace, grace is divine empowerment, just so you know, to the humble, but he opposes the proud. Tracking with me. So I find anytime it's about me or anytime I'm like trying to look like I'm, I'm that, I find that shuts power down. Um, this is a really tough one, um, for Unforgiveness. And we live in a world where offenses happen a lot. One of the bracelets we gave away last night is being unoffendable. That's easy preaching, but living undefendable is difficult to do. And I've found that offenses will constantly come, but if I live offended, it shuts power down. And I have to be quick to forgive. I can't allow bitterness in my heart. Okay, so what are a couple of the things that turn power on? And what does power look like to you, anyway? Does it look like winning in business? Does it look like winning with your kids? Does it look like winning up here and ministering? Does it look like praying for the sick and seeing freedom come? What is I? I, I you know, let's be specific. Let's let's not be general and say ah, I have received power. What does power look like for you? How do I turn it on then? First of all, I need to realize that I'm God's engineering, and when I surrender my life to his call and his assignment, that's one of the things that turns power on is surrender. Surrendering to the high call of God will always enlarge your power quotient. We live in a society that's so self-oriented. Everything revolves around, even the Christian community, all the promises of God seem to center around me. I'm believing for this. I'm believing for that. But what did David say, who was one of the humans who unlocked some of the most power? He said, is there not a cause? And my life exists to surrender to the cause that I'm on this planet for, and therefore I have access to the power required to fulfill the assignment. I feel like tonight, and we're gonna actually close this right here. I feel like I could be in here and minister for an hour, but you know, I feel like sometimes in an environment like this uh, we don't need to take tons of time but I'd love us all to just stand up real quick and what I'd like us to do is spend some time receiving God's power how's that sound now I need you to help me here I need you to envision in your own mind in your own imagination where are you needing power Listen, Tuesday morning I needed power to parent. Okay? Most of the week I need power to solve business problems. Uh, where do you, though, need God to show up in your life? I need you to just maybe close your eyes or just try to envision where you need His power. One of the ways that we turn power on is we get specific about where. We need it. For many years, I thought the only thing that God actually showed up in was in pastoral stuff. So he liked to show up when people preached, but that's about it. He was limited to sacred things. But God wants to show up everywhere that's important to you. Now, let me ask the next question I want to ask you is where can you surrender your life to God, You guys tracking with me? I'm going to lead us in a quick prayer. Maybe just repeat after me. Father God, I realize you engineered my life to work. I bring my life, my engineering, some of it's functional right now. Some of it's not functioning. I present it to you, and I surrender all of my life to you for your purpose, for your assignment for me, and I invite you in to turn my life on. I first submit my life to your cause. I know You delight in the prosperity of your servant. I choose today to serve you with my life, my gifts. Turn the power on in me. I just want you to just put your hands out real quick. Holy Spirit, I just want to thank you for all the different gifts that are in this room all the engineering that you created to work turn it on right now begin to fire inside our mind our heart our emotions I just want you to see in your own mind God just filling your heart. God breathing into you. I want you to see the things that He paid for activated in you. And maybe you were like me, you struggled to see that you deserve it. But I want you to shift and see that He deserves it. He deserves you. He paid for your life to work, He deserves your function and your power. And God, I just enforce right now. The price you paid for your people, for their life to work, for their marriages to work, for their businesses to work, for their bodies to work, for their hearts to work, for their minds to work. I just enforce function. I enforce function across your body, across your people, your sons and daughters. I enforce it to work in Jesus' name. going to just take a quick second here. I just feel I just feel something here. I just want you to just repeat after me. Father God, you paid for my life to work. I exchange dysfunction for function. I exchange disempowerment for your power. I exchange death and despair for life and hope. A couple other things. We're exchanging. I exchange disappointment for courage. I exchange anxiety for peace. And I exchange fear for faith and an expectation that you're with me and for me. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com